views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent those of WSIC. All systems are a go. Ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your seats. Taking care of Iredell with North Carolina State Representative Jeff McNeely is about to begin in five, four, three, two, one. Good morning, Iredell County. Hope everybody's doing well this morning. It's a nice day out there right now, folks. Get out and enjoy it. Get some work done, whatever you want to do. Uh, I think it's going to be nice about the whole week, but that's enough of the Jeff McNeely weather report. Let's get into the show here, folks. And uh, right off the get-go, I want to you know, say, uh, take time today to say a prayer for this country. Uh, we we uh, stop and remember 9-11. 2001, 22 years ago. Gosh, it just seemed like it was yesterday almost. Uh, tragedy happened in our land. We were attacked. That's the best way I know to describe it. And uh, pray for those families that still feel the effects of it and uh, the country that still feels the effects of it. So uh, take that moment, if you would, please. Um, got a great show today. Got uh, Representative Jared Lowry uh, going to come on the show Um Jared is a, a really good representative from down in the southeastern part of North Carolina. Um, he's also a member of the Lumbee Indian tribe. And so we have representation now in the house for the Lumbee Indians. And I think that's a good thing. They actually are the largest populated tribe in the state of North Carolina. So we're going to have him on talk about a few things coming up. Hey, I uh, just want to give a shout-out to everybody that came out to the fair this past week. We had uh, uh, had a good crowds most night. Didn't have much rain, so that was a blessing. Usually we, we get monsoons when the fair comes, but this time we didn't. So just thank all the volunteers that worked. Everybody put their time in and effort. We appreciate that. So thank you so much. You know, and the, and the beauty of the fair is you get to talk to people, but then you also get to hear the gossip and the rumors going around, and that's kind of fun to a point. But, you know, one of the rumors I, I heard out there, I thought I might need to squelch a little bit, was that, you know, over some way past transgressions that I, I I don't have any committees anymore in Raleigh. Well, that's not true, folks. I'm still one of the chairs on agriculture out of the two of us, and I'm one of the chairs on transportation. I have all my committees, just like I've had all session long, so whoever's spreading that or telling that, it's not true. I still got the power and the validity I've always had, and I feel good about it. So we're getting ready to do the budget, and i got to bolt out of here today and head back down to Raleigh so we can try to maybe get that budget done this week, we hope. And it should be interesting. I think there's going to be two budgets floated out. I think one from the House with no casinos in it and one from the Senate with casinos in it. And this should be interesting times. We'll see how this whole week plays out. But, yeah, just going ahead and squash that rumor. No, I'm still chairman's folks. Uh, for the ones that aren't happy about that, I still am. So, too bad. For the ones that are happy, hallelujah. Here we go. Um, you know, wanted to bring up also, got a fundraiser coming up uh, this coming Thursday out at the new FOP Wing Drive here in Statesville. It's out there not too far from Beulah Baptist Church. Uh, you can go on jeffmcneely.com, J-E-F-F-M-C-N-E-E-L-Y. And we've got a caller. We'll take him here in a second. And ly.com and, and all about the fundraiser. We'd love to have you come out. We're going to have barbecue dinner and have a big time. Got a lot of people coming. Jason Sane, John Bell. So we got a caller. We're going to go and take them, see what they got on their mind this morning. Must be something good, Joe. All right. 
guest is already called? Well, he's way ahead of time then. All right, all right. I might have to talk with him here in a second and try to comment. Let's bring him on for a second here. Hey, Jared, are you already there? Uh, uh, he must have figured it out. Okay, that's all right. He's practicing. Hey, that's cool. He'll be right on time, I bet you, now that he's practicing. So anyway, I uh, want to bring some things up here. One, I uh, already talked a little bit about it's going down, but Mecklenburg County Schools is suing Meta, which is kind of the parent company of, I think, Instagram and Facebook, and then they're suing Google and Snapchat, just about all the social media sites out there, for the mental duress they are causing our young people with addictive algorithms. Huh. Well, uniquely, two bills I kind of filed this this session, and they've kind of sputtered uh, a little bit because just trying to get all the, the different parts worked out. But uh, one of them was the social media uh, algor- addictive. Uh, let's see, where was that? I got to get this right here because it's tricky. Social media algorithm control and information technology, and the other one was called Sammy's Law, and both of those involved the algorithm and how it kind of draws young people in. It it draws old people like me. You ever wondered if you happen to slow down on one ad, and then next thing you know, that's all the ads you get. Well, that's that's kind of the algorithm watching what you're doing, and I swear I believe they're listening too because it seems like you can talk about something and then you go on your Facebook account or who knows whatever in social media, and by gosh, that's all you get fed, whatever you said. Some people say Samsung can listen in to what's going on. They're the worst on their TV, so remember if you got one in the bedroom. Hmm. All right, so just throwing that out there. Don't know if it's true or not, but I did find it unusual Mecklenburg County has took this route, and so we'll see how this goes. That's uh, pretty... Pretty aggressive action, if you ask me, but I'm not saying they're wrong. It is a problem. Um, we have a lot of issues this brings about, and uh, teen suicide, as we've seen, even the kids here in the Iredell State School System and all across the, our country, uh, mental health with our youth um, has just exploded, to make a, a better word, I don't know, but it's sad. And, and we've got to try to do all we can to make sure that, you know, we... We take care of them because uh, they are in their formative years and they need guidance and, and they don't need to be raised by the Internet. They need to be raised by parents who are involved. So make sure you know what your child's looking at and how they're reacting to it and what's going on with them. And some of this new stuff we've done, like Parents' Bill of Rights and some of the other things we put forth, will give parents tools and school systems tools to help communicate back and forth with each other. Parents, school system, kids, it should all be working together, not against each other, together with each other. So that's critical. If anybody would like to call in, 704-873-1400. Love to hear what you got on your mind. we got a lot going on. we got a break coming up here in about two minutes or so, but love to hear what you got going on. I do know this with our school systems now. Our, our beloved governor, Roy Cooper, has announced uh, $1 million he's going to invest into bus driver training. Uh, and not really sure where that money's going to go and exactly how it's going to work. And far as the training, we do have a, a dangerous shortage of bus drivers. And one of the reasons we have this is, real simple, we've made it about impossible to get a bus driver's license. You will do the same function, the same stuff that you will do to get basically a Class A CDL license to almost drive like a tractor-trailer. Now, it won't be quite that intense because you won't have some of the different tests, but you'll have a lot of them, 
and it's made it real difficult. Plus, on top of that, you've also got to worry about is all the different drug testing, background testing, mental testing, all these different things that they put you through. And, and you know, we're asking these people to do all these things makes it really difficult. Now, I don't know maybe if we need to go back to that senior in high school when I was a kid that got to drive, although that wasn't bad, and I don't remember us a lot of having a lot of problems, and kids made money. But there got to be somewhere as a happy medium. And what we're doing now, the, what we, the hoops you have to jump through to be a school bus driver, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So we'll see where Roy Cooper's $1 million goes to helping this training. I'm not sure if it's going to make a difference or not. It could be a million dollars that's just wasted like we usually do. So let's pray not. But hang tight here. We'll be back here just shortly. We're going to take a break. Got to pay the bills. So we're going to take a break. So come on back with us after this next part of the show. All right. Folks, we're back here for the, uh, I guess, the middle part of the show. Got to get my terminology right, Joe. But... Anyway, got a lot going on. Like I said, anybody want to call in, 704-873-1400. Love to hear what you got on your mind this morning if you want to talk. A uh, couple things going on uh, while on break, and uh, got to probably hear me and Wayne, Representative Wayne Sasser for two weeks in a row. But, you know, that was a really good show. And PBM's uh, Pharmacy Benefit Managers, you know, it was first invented to save you money, and then it turned into a way to make money. So uh, we got a lot of work to do to try to reel that back in. But anyway, uh, Jimmy Buffett passed away while I was away at the beach on, uh, I think, September the 1st, that Friday. And, uh, you know, that uh, that's, that was kind of hard to hear. Uh, kind of felt like I grew up with Jimmy Buffett uh, through my years, uh, especially younger years, and uh uh, songs that you know by heart well, I think was one of the albums and it was all the greatest hits and you did you actually did know those songs by heart um, you know here was basically a, uh, a beach bum that became famous and it was actually kind of late in his career and so Godspeed James William Buffett uh, many good times going into his concerts uh, it's kind of a sobering thing to think about far as, uh, as we're getting older I guess in my generation is but uh, moving on Biden administration they're in trouble a little bit in this situation actually they're in trouble in a lot of situations but this one mainly is as you'll see fuel prices are starting to head back up uh, they've cut production at OPEC and some of the other countries and so and we've crippled ourselves here at home with a lot of uh, our crazy ideology that we brought about. So we're going to pay more at the pump. And the last time prices took off, they shed about uh, 180 million barrels of the strategic petroleum supply into the, uh, the, the chain to help with that supply chain to help with our uh, shortages. And, and that brought fuel down some and made things a little better, still higher than it was not too long ago, just two or three years ago. But now they've done a few more things, and they uh, actually have canceled all the leases that were going to go on in Alaska that were sold during the Trump administration that they had been fighting through EPA challenges and this, and now they just come up and canceled it. So that's been stopped, so more domestic oil looks like is going to be shut down. Um... And they haven't replaced the barrels that they took out of the strategic supply. 
and there's only about half of what should be in the strategic supply now. So the question is, with hurricanes coming and all this other stuff going on, and there's a war in Ukraine, uh, just name off one thing after another, uh, we're running at about half, half capacity on our strategic oil supply. We haven't prepared very well. I kind of think this reminds me a lot of the grasshopper that didn't, or was it the ant, or whichever it was it is that, you know, didn't laid around all summer and didn't get stored up for winter, and then winter come and they froze to death. Uh, of course, you know, in the United States we're we're apt to let you do that, and then we'll still bring you in and feed you and take care of you and give you a free cell phone and a whole lot of other stuff. But uh, this time I'm, they're not going to be able to tap into the strategic oil supply if they do. We really are playing with thunder there, and uh, so folks, look out. Uh, I, I'm pretty worried about this. Uh, this could get really ugly really quick if they start doing something stupid, and, and we're putting ourselves in, in national par- uh, just a paradigm of, of we could be attacked, we could be whatever, and we're not ready. We are not ready at all, and we keep, we keep throttling back domestic production. I don't think that's wise. Uh, one other thing going on, like I said, anybody want to call in? We got a little bit of time before we go to break and bring in the guests. So if anybody wants to holler at us, 704-873-1400. Kind of quiet this morning, Joe. You never know. Comes and goes like the Brown Mountain Light. The United Auto Workers. And, and you know that UAW has actually expanded to United Automobile, Aerospace, and Agricultural Implement Workers of America. So they've, they've increased their scope as a union are now in uh, deep, deep fights with the big three automakers that are out there right now as far as wanting a new contract. And believe it or not, y'all, because of the mandates that are put on Ford and GM and Chrysler, uh, Fiat, with the EV, the electric vehicles, and all the different things they're telling them as far as how they're going to have to have the mileage and all this, It's made them very unprofitable. They're struggling. Supply chains are tough. And so now the labor movement steps in. And basically what you're looking at is an increase of about 46% is what the United Auto Workers are wanting over over four years. So almost 50% pay increase over the next four years to go along. So the cost of cars if you've looked at it, has got to the point where hardly nobody can afford to buy a new one. And with the EV coming, the electric vehicles, I want you to think about this, in about six to eight years, they're going to flood the market, and they're going to be due for a new battery. And a new battery in one of them, I saw the other day a Chevy Volt, could be as much as about $26,000, $27,000. Now, the Chevy Volt, the new car, I don't think, is under forty. So you're almost having to buy a whole new vehicle, and you're actually getting one that'll be six or eight years old to replace that battery. Ford got loaned $9 billion, I think it was, by the federal government to kind of keep afloat so they could keep making electric vehicles and doing these things. Just a lot of craziness going on. We're either going to put, we got a caller? We'll go ahead and take them. We'll take, see who we got out there. Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeely. Who we got? God bless you, Justin. This is Deborah. Deborah, you know what? The other day I was sitting there and I said, I need to call and check on Deborah. I haven't heard from her in a while. I was hoping everything was okay. Deborah, 
there, child. I'm praying we're all okay. That's what I'm calling you about. Amen, sister. Okay. Um, I just want everybody to know to pray for our troops and pray for our law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Pray for this country. Yes, ma'am. Pray for every family that has life on this earth. We have been blessed. God has been so good to us, each and every one. And I just wanted to call in and let you know, when our trade centers got hit, I had a doctor. I had that wreck, you know. Mm -hmm. But I had a doctor that messed me up so bad. Uh, First time surgery, first time he operated on me. But I cried for the country's trade centers. I didn't care about me being messed up in that car wreck. Mm-hmm. Uh, my heart just broke for the country under attack. Well, I, I love this country all my life. I just love this country. And God knows we've got such great fine people in this country. But I pray that this administration, Washington, D.C., God bless the people, our leaders. I don't want to put no one down. But I can tell you, somebody's not thinking this through. Um, I was at the doctor's office. And I, and I was telling him, you know, that I'm picking up the pieces of where I've been and everything's going to get better. And I left where there was some gentleman that was half in the road, half on the sidewalk. He had fallen down, passed mm. out First Street at Valdez Hospital in Winston. Oh, man. But, yeah, he's laying out in the road. Well, I told you before, God talks to me, and yes, he does. And I heard from God telling me not this time. I wanted to help him. But there was a car in front of me, and God bless that lady. She said that she went ahead and called 911. So I told her, thank you so very much. I just couldn't help. But there's so many of those people that don't have homes. They have tent cities. So let's just give God the praises, and let's have a prayer for God to hear and Let's get on the right track. Well, we, we we definitely need to pray for this country. We definitely need to pray. And today's a, today's a somber day to start with, so take that time, like I said earlier in the show, and say a prayer for us. We uh we've got to we've got to come together and we've got to we've got to be godly. And we're not in this country right now. We're struggling. And uh I I know a lot of people say, Well, there's all kind of different religions, you can't do that. Well, I, that's fine. There's only one true religion. I don't care what they say. And that's where I'm standing. That's where I'm standing, too. Um, I promise you got to pray the prayer for God to answer it. And so I pray people will. And stop this racist talk. I'm so sick of the racist talk. I've said it before. I'll say it again. God colored this world. The only, one, the only thing that separates anyone in this life is a choice. Uh-huh. You're, you're right or you're wrong. It's not about skin color. Let's all come together and help one another. And God bless you all. Thank you for everything that you do to help us, okay? Oh, thank you, Deborah. Good, hear, good hearing wonder, from you, hon. Good hearing from you. To to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. See you. See you. All right. Getting back a little bit. We, we got another call. No, going. All right. Um, getting back a little bit. Like I said, this is a interesting time. I understand people and I understand inflation. I understand a lot of things. But asking for 50 cents. 50% pay increase is going to put cars to the point where nobody can afford them. And then we've ruined the used car market because of the EV 
being put out. So it might not be long till that Fred Flintstone little uh, coupe that he drove there, you know, we might all be using one of them. Uh, maybe we ought to think about the electric bicycles. I think they're pretty cool. I've actually rode one of them. It's going to get to a point. It's going to get really tough. I uh, don't know where in the world we're going to end up, but uh, just hang tight with us. Come back for the second half of the show. We got Representative Jerry Lowry coming on. Uh, get to talk a little bit about the Lumbee Tribe and what he's doing for his legislation and also talk about casinos in North Carolina. Seems to be pretty popular right now. So hold tight with us. We'll be right back. It's going to be really good. Thank you. All right, we're back here for the second part of the show. We've got our guest online. We're going to get ready to bring him in here. Uh, Jared, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. How are you? I'm well, sir. I'm well. i got Representative Jared Lowry on the line. Jared, are you from Are you from Lumberton? Where are you from? Yeah, so I'm actually from Pembroke, North Carolina. Pembroke, that's right. So, born and raised. Yes, sir. All right. All right. How's things, how's things down in that part of the state today? You know, I tell you what, it, it's been a beautiful morning. Uh, I know it's going to heat up, but I tell you what, uh, uh, Representative Manita, the Lord has blessed us this uh, this hurricane season, mm-hmm. and the waters have risen, and I pray the Lord continue to keep us safe on that front. Well, me too, because like I said, we, we've got money, but I don't want to spend it if I don't have to, so ain't no doubt. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Jared, tell us a little bit about who you are so my listeners can kind of get to identify with you, and, and you know, tell us who you work for, because we got a lot of those up here as far as houses and, and hatcheries and this, that, and the other, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sir. Well, I am from, from Robinson County. Uh, I am a member of the, of the Lumbee Tribe of North Carolina. I am serving in my first term, representing District 47, which is pretty much all of Robinson County. And uh, my, my, my day job, I work for a company called Mount Air Farms, uh, which we do have our breeder operations up in the Statesville area. And uh, a little bit of trivia is that uh, Mount Air, since we concentrate all our breeders in western North Carolina, it's the largest concentration of breeders in the entire country. Really? Didn't know that. Yes, sir. Hmm. Yes, sir. It's pretty very, very important to us. And so the Statesville area is very important to feeding not just America, but the entire world. So hey. I appreciate everything you guys do out there. We always felt like we were getting ready to take over up here. It was just a matter of time for world domination. <laughs> so we've got now I know that we got the chickens to do that with, and the chicken nuggets will be. Look out, folks. Look out. But uh, <laughs> married, I think you got a couple, uh, one kid, one daughter now. She just got born here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I have a beautiful wife, Jennifer, and I have an awesome uh, eight-month-old, soon to be nine-month-old, Madison Lowry. And I tell you, Jeff, I never realized I could love somebody as much as I do until I had that little girl. And uh-huh. she just became the center of my whole little world. Well, I'll tell you what, and them little girls will wrap daddy around the finger. So beware. <laughs> beware. And there's no way to stop it. There's no way to stop yes, it. Sir. Now, you yes. know. You're, you're, this is your first go at it. This is your first session you've been through here in a long session. And so you're getting broke in good. We're, we're, you know what I'm saying? Road hard and put up wet because we're already into September and should have got done in June, which which unfortunately has become typical down there. I think that's the problem. Everybody thinks this is the norm, but it's not. But um, what's some of the stuff you're working on? I know me and you worked on some stuff as far as uh, like an IRA uh, for people who are, you know, independent businesses and whatnot, and they could put money back and worked on some stuff with that. Tell us a little bit about that, maybe some of the other bills that you've worked on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we have the, the North Carolina Work and Save Act, 
which I do appreciate you and your, and your co-sponsorship of, of that bill. So what the Work and Save Act will do will essentially allow small businesses to provide a way for their employees to save for retirement. Right now we have about 1.8 to 2 million working class North Carolinians. You know, you're talking about your your shop mechanics, your groundskeepers, your plumbers, you know, folks who are keeping North Carolina moving, um, but they don't have any way to, to save through a payroll deduction. You know, the job I work at, you know, I, I think it's like four or six percent set aside every every paycheck you know, yeah. to go into my retirement. Well, a lot of small businesses don't have that opportunity, and what, and what we would like to do here in North Carolina is create a way for small businesses to simply sign up and allow a person to be able to you know, save money. And I tell you, Jeff, it's going to be a big save and a big boom for taxpayers if we can get more North Carolinians to start preparing for retirement. Oh, yeah. Right now, the state, right now I think the state's spending about four to $500 million a year in services to take care of folks who are older uh, who didn't save for retirement or couldn't save for well, you know, that, that, and I, that's so critical because, you know, we count on the government, I think so many do, to, to carry us from the cradle to the grave. And, and that's not what this country was intended. That's not how this was set up. So we're going to help you become your own, your, your, control your own destiny, be your own master of where, you, of where your finances are. And so that's one of the great things, and that's one of the reasons I come in with you on that. I, I saw as a small business, it's hard to offer all the services large corporations do. So this is a chance for small business to be able to retain some people so you don't lose them to the larger corporations by being able to give some of the same benefits that they do. And, and and it don't cost the small it won't cost the small businesses any any money no and no cost to the taxpayers uh, so I mean it's really a benefit all the way around. Good deal, good deal. What else have you been working on now? Uh, but, any of the other any other legislation? Yeah, so I was actually a, a proud. I, I got my first piece of legislation signed into law this year, which was called the. Uh, American Indians graduate with honors act, and I appreciate your support in that as well. Yes, sir. Is a law that law that allows American Indian students in high school to be able to wear a feather at graduation. As you know, a lot a lot of native cultures, the the, the eagle feather, the hawk feather, are, is very very important and a symbol of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's something that, that a lot of states do, but we didn't do here in North Carolina, and it was came through with unanimous support. So I appreciate that, and I appreciate all the the members of the General Assembly because back home. Where the majority of students, you know, in our public schools, the American Indian, it's important. So I appreciate that. Well, and I know, like I said, every culture is a little different, and and we need all, you know, we're all Americans, but we also need to understand we have history. You know, we we all row together. Some of us may look different, but we all row together. So that I thought that was good to give them a chance. And, and you know, yes, sir. And you know how tough it is to get something through the general assembly. So to have, <laughs> you know, some. Some senior, senior leadership support like you and others, oh, man, I, I appreciate it. So thank you. Well, you're very welcome. You, you're doing a great job. You're doing, let's talk a little bit about, before we get into the, the elephant in the room, as we'll say, let's talk a little bit about the Lumbee Indian tribe and, and how many they really are. I mean, you know, because it, it's the largest uh, ancestral tribe in North Carolina, I think. Am I right or wrong? I'm pretty sure I'm right. Yeah. No, you, you, you're right. So the, the Lumbee tribe is actually the largest tribe in North Carolina, the largest tribe east of the whole Mississippi River. Oh, wow. Um, we, we have roughly about 60,000 enrolled members. Um, uh, in the last census, there was about 75,000 people that identified as Lumbee uh, across the country. So there, there's, quite a, there's quite a bit of us. 
Um, the Lumbee people, we get our name from, from the Lumbee River, which is now called the Lumber River. Um, and, you know, before the, uh, you know, after arrival, after contact, a lot of American Indians came to what's now Robinson County and, and the Lumbee River um, to survive because it was swampland. Yeah. And it was a great place to survive. And, and our people adapted and overcame, um, you know, learned to speak English, learned we, we, we worship Jesus. And, you know, we've been able to build a good, good community down here, you know, owning banks, electric companies, small businesses, you know, insurance agencies, farms. Um, and we've been able to be very, very self-reliant, which is which is testament to who we are as people. That we we believe in, that the Lord has placed us here for a reason, and we work hard. And uh, we've been able to, to really grow our numbers compared to other you know other tribes in the state. Yeah. Now, but, uh, and now your brother is the chief right now, correct? Yes. Yes. So, so my brother John Lowry was elected chief uh, back uh, in, in 2021. Um, and he is serving in his first term. I, I think he's doing a fantastic job. I know he was, he was well prepared. Um, and so I appreciate his leadership. And I tell you, one thing that he knows um, is, is how important it is to build relationships. You know, build relationships for our legislators. I think you and him have met before. We have. We have. Uh, and, 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 you know, that's important for all the tribes in North Carolina to build relationships with legislators because we need to know who our policymakers are, who our lawmakers are. Um you know, there are so many people who want to know who the president is or Congress is, but truth be told, the state of North Carolina affects your life probably more than anything else does at this point. Um, we like to get we like to get in your pocket pretty quick. We'll try to do that real fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I think the one thing we do better than the federal government is we don't have the debt. That's good. That's right. Well, the good news is we can't print money, so that's what that takes away a lot of the 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 enticement or whatever the uh, yeah. the, the greed when you can't print. We got to make sure we balance. But now, all right. So you have a you have a I guess a chief, and then you have internal government inside of the Lumbee tribe also besides just a chief that that does different things. So it's it's your, you know we say it's your own little nation, but it's your own little own little government too to a point. Yeah, yeah. So, so we have a chairman who, who who is our chief executive. We have a tribal council of 21 members, which I served six years on before joining the General Assembly. And uh, we have representatives from each one of our communities. Uh, and then, Jeff, we actually have a Supreme Court. We have a uh, we have kind of like a, a court of appeals, which are administrative courts. Huh. Um, so we, we we have a pretty much we have a whole functioning government, um, and uh, we're very 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 proud of it. Uh, we're, we do a lot of home building support for veterans and farmers. Uh, we, we run seven different boys and girls clubs across the territory. Cool. Um, we, we do a lot of good stuff. Now, now the state of North Carolina recognizes y'all, but the federal government has yet to do it. Is that yeah, right? So, so, yes, sir. So the state government did recognize uh, the Lummie tribe back in the 1880s. And then we started petitioning the federal government. So in 1956, Congress passed a law called the, the Lumbee Act of 1956, and it recognized the, the Lumbee people as American Indians, but the last line denied us any kind of services or benefits of, of being American. Hmm. So we're one, of, we're one of four tribes that they done like that, that basically recognized and terminated at the same time. And so we've been petitioning Congress since, you know, 56 to change that law. Um, to give us full recognition. So we're partially federally recognized, but we want full recognition. Oh, yeah. Well, and we've got about 30, 40 seconds, and we got to take a break, and then we'll come back for the last part of the show, Jared. But, you know, I, I look at the Catawbas, and how did the Catawbas get it done and not the Lumbees? Because, I mean, they're 
fifty thousand more y'all than the Catawbas. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we're we kind of unique. You know, the, the, the Catawba and the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians both got their full recognition through Congress like we are. And, you know, I, 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 one thing I, I say this is Lumbee Tribe is trying to get full federal recognition the way the Eastern Band of Cherokee did. But the truth be told between us, the Eastern Band of Cherokee don't want anybody else to know. Exactly. Hey, Jerry, let's hold off, and I'll bring you right back here just in a minute or two. All right, we're back here for the second part, or third part of the show. Got to get my numbers right here. Let me see if my guest's still hanging with me. Hey, Jared, you still with me? Yes, sir, I am. All right, sorry about that. We got to pay bills around here. They made me take these commercial breaks, I swear. But anyway, anyway. All right, let's go ahead. You you, you said something at the very end that we're going to bring forth and talk a little bit about, and we're going to talk a bit about casinos because that seems to be everything you hear and and folks i'm sure a bunch of y'all got a mailer in your mailbox here about a week or so ago or this past week had my beautiful face on it so you know hey it should be good but really it was a dig and the dig is it was the cherokees went through a group and they hired a democrat lobbyist and they put up a name of some kind of group and it's the same old same old, a lot of smoke and mirrors but basically it's the 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 cherokee indian tribe doesn't want anybody else to have a casino they want they've got one but they don't want nobody else so yeah and, and pretty much the same with about recognizing y'all they know if, if the lumbies get recognized well then y'all get all the benefits and the, and the virtues and everything that they have yeah, yeah, they, you know, they, they know that we are a larger tribe in population. Um, I would say that with UNC Pembroke, we're probably even a more educated tribe as in, you know, professionals. And um, I, for some reason, that, that, that bothers them. But, you know, the way the Lumbee see it is that we're all brothers and sisters and we all need to work together. Yeah. But some people want to have their cake and eat it, too. And I'm just being honest. Just being honest. I know. That's what I want. Well, now, you know, and I just came back from the beach over Labor Day, and and I'm not saying anything bad. I, I know a lot of good people down in the southeast, North Carolina, whatever, but I drove up through Tabor City and up through, the, you know, got Loris and then into Chadburn, and, and there's not a whole lot going on down there. There, as far as there's some farming, yeah, but there's not, as far as any kind of economic development place to put people to work. I, not a lot happening. I would say the unemployment rate down there is probably five, six percent. What do you What do you think it is? You got any numbers on yeah. Lumberton and around that area in Pembroke? Yes, sir. So, so, so between Robinson County, Scotland, and Columbus County, we kind of have the highest, you know, uh, unemployment rates in the state. I think uh, Scotland County is over eight percent still. Uh, Robinson County is in the five. Columbus County is in the six. Um, and, you know, Jeff, we, we don't have the infrastructure down here to be able to land things like a Toyota or a VinFast, you know, some kind of hit stream aerospace. Um, but we still have good people down here that work hard and they want an opportunity to work. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, these, these, these entertainment districts can be able to provide a lot of jobs, a lot of good paying, stable jobs. And, and it's going to be a boon to, to, to wherever region it's put, you know, that they go into. Uh, and that's one of the things that I think I, I, I tell everyone about is that people in rural areas deserve really good jobs. Um, and they shouldn't necessarily have to leave their home and travel two or three hours or, or pick up and move just to be able to get a good-paying job. And, and that's what these entertainment districts should be able to bring, good-paying, stable jobs. Well, you know, you, you get down in down the lower part of Columbus, and you're right there on the North Carolina-South Carolina line, and, and you're not far from Myrtle Beach and North Myrtle Beach when you're there. 
you're 30, 40 minutes away. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people here that, that on Fridays and they get off work, they go, they go to Myrtle Beach. Yeah. And it's been a weekend at the beach and come back Sunday evening. Yeah, and, and, and done it and done it less than an hour, so it ain't like it's a long drive. But the the reverse of that is you got a whole lot of tourists coming in from all over the East Coast and 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 it, this side of the Mississippi go to Myrtle Beach. They they plan every year to go to Myrtle Beach or North Myrtle Beach or whatever beach it is down that way, and they come through there. So. You know, I'm not saying I'm the biggest fan of casinos and this, that, and the other, but I do look at the Lumbee tribe and I go, why? Why Why does the Cherokee, why does the Catawba have and the Lumbee doesn't? I mean, if you look at where now, I'll admit the Cherokee out there in the, the far west, there's not a lot of economic activity going on there. But Kings Mountain, down below Charlotte, there's a bunch of activity going on there. So if, if, if we're going to do something as far as gambling goes and i ain't gonna tell you i'm a i'm a huge fan but i understand and I, i'd be a liar if i told you i ain't never bet on something you know i football games that i nc state i've i've hadn't called up a bookie but i sure have bet with friends um and i bought plenty of raffle tickets my lord i don't know how yeah. to tell you how many raffle tickets i've bought in my yeah. life everybody comes to me <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, I just, what is your idea of gambling? I don't know. But I do know this much. It would do a lot of good for the Lumbee tribe if y'all had the same things that the Catawbas and the Cherokee had and the same same advantages. Yes, sir. And, and, and you know, if you do look at, and I do think the Eastern Band of Cherokee there is a good example of what could happen. You know, they've been able to build a brand new, you know, uh, hospital. Mm-hmm. They have some world-class first responders. And we try to be able to do the same thing. And, you know, when you build a hospital or you partner with a county sheriff's, you know, office, you know, that benefits everybody, not just the Lumbee people, but it benefits everybody. Uh, And, you know, you're going to have the opportunity to to build some further out, partner with the county and state to build some further infrastructure. You know, it's going to be a boom to the whole region, no matter if you're Lumbee or non-Lumbee. And and you're right. There's so many people who are already coming through here or going to South Carolina on the weekends. Why can't we get them to stay an extra night here in North Carolina? Uh, I'll tell you what, you run a bus route between Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach, and wherever you put that right down there on the line, it'll stay busy. It'll stay busy. That's not a bad idea. (laughs) I'm just saying, and you know, and I've been to Cherokee, and and it's, yeah, they got all the gaming and all that, but they have big concerts up there. I mean, they have entertainment, they have all kind of different Mm -hmm. stuff, nice restaurants. I mean, you know, like yeah. I said, it would change the complexion. Now, good, bad, or indifferent, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it, it would change the complexion. I know that, that South Carolina is talking about doing gambling now and gaming, too. So I can tell you right now, if they build a casino on the other side of the line, right there near y'all, mm-hmm. there'd be a whole lot of people drive right through y'all and not stop one bit and head right there. So, yeah, uh, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, look, looking at these whole entertainment districts, Jeff, like, you're not just going to have a casino in a in a, in a hotel, but you have a, a water park, restaurant, outlet. You know, you, you're going to be a it's going to be a 500 million dollar investment. Yeah, and it, it should be a it should be a location to where people can come through and spend a weekend with a family, and not even game if they don't want to. Yeah, you know, they can just do it. You know, location. And, and and I I don't know Robertson's tax rate, but I'll bet you it's somewhere in the high seventies, eighty eighty cent uh, on the hundred. What is it? It's, it's a seventy right, right seventy eight cents per hundred. 
Let's call it eighty for easy math. So anyway, so yeah. you're talking about you're talking about getting uh, about uh, forty million dollars in uh, a year on on property tax. I think if I done my math right, or it might be even more than that. Might be, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be about forty million. About forty million you'd yeah. get in. That that'd go a long way on probably a two hundred million dollar Roberson County budget or whatever county you put it in. Columbus, all of them down there probably got a hundred and fifty, hundred seventy five million dollar budget. And you're talking about a, a third of the budget, a fourth of the budget, a fifth, something yeah. like that. I mean, that's that's pretty substantial. You know, especially in a time where you're you're trying to get more folks to come into law enforcement, and you know you got you got sheriff's offices that they are looking to raise pay to to entice more folks to come. I mean, that's going to be a boom for the sheriff's office. It's going to be a boom for our local fire departments, and it, it's going to be huge all the way around. But you're right. Well, it's it's an influx of money that the state doesn't have to take from one part of the state and send to another. Which, no offense, but it seems like that's what we do a lot. We really do. We we rob Peter to pay Paul, and, and what we need to do is raise all boats, not just take the water out of one boat and fill it into another. Uh, so, you know, this is a chance. I, we've tried and tried to get, like you said, you don't have the infrastructure. We've tried and tried to get companies to, to invest and to go there and do there, and, and, and they tend to want to be near the railroad. They tend to want to need to be near major interstates. They they want to be in and they want to be in populous areas. So they got a draw of employees. They want all these things, and and that's not what southeast or northeast North Carolina is. And so yeah. it would change the complexion. Like I said, at eight percent, y'all could get your unemployment down probably pretty quick, down to three or four. You know, and, yeah. and and also one thing, and we're running close on time here, so we can't talk about a minute longer. So I'm gonna try to get off here. But I know that looking and talking with y'all, uh, addiction seems to be higher in in these higher unemployment areas. So you got a lot of people that that you know are finding other things to get into that are not good instead of work because work's not there. Yeah, not absolutely. You know, substance abuse is too high. In, in our rural areas, like you said, especially where the unemployment rate is too high. And, you know, the best welfare that you can offer anybody is a good-paying job. That's right. And that's exactly what these rural entertainment districts are going to be able to provide an opportunity and provide hope for some of these families. Hope. Well, this is going to be an interesting week for us. We will see how it transpires. I got a feeling there's yes, going to be two budgets, one with casinos, one without casinos, and a heck of a fight in the middle. So, Jared, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for your time. I swear it's the fastest hire in the whole week for me. It flies by. But uh, you're doing good work, and keep it up. And folks out there in the Lumbee Tribe, be proud of Jared Lowry. He's doing you a heck of a job. Heck of a job. Take care, and I'll see you soon today, sir. Thank you, sir. See you then. All right, see you now. All right, folks, as we get ready to close down here, let's say our prayer here. And, hey, we got a lot to pray about today. Dear Lord, I just uh, pray for my country. I uh, pray for uh, continued healing. I uh, pray for unity. I pray for uh, love of one another and love of country. I pray you lead and guide us in all we do. Uh, uh, Lord, I, I pray for the Lumbee people and that tribe as it struggles to get recognition. Uh, I just pray as this comes this week and your will be done, dear Lord. Uh, gambling is a vice, so many other vices out there, and I don't know how we do. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. See y'all next week. You've been listening to North Carolina Representative Jeff McNeely. Join Jeff again next Monday morning at 11.05 for Taking Care of Iredell.
on News Talk WSIC.